Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today we're joined by a Wisconsin-based fisherman and outdoor writer. His name is Blake Tollefson, and we're talking plastics for crappie fishing through the ice. Thanks for joining the show, Blake. Hey, thanks for having me. Blake, can you take a few moments to talk to us about who you are and what you're into? So, Blake Tollefson, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Fishing. Um, do a lot of writing uh, with the ministry I'm currently run the blog for your tackle so i do a few articles a month there uh, i also work with badger sports and magazine so i'm providing them with monthly content and then occasionally end up in the magazine if you went out on a lake four or five years ago you would find most people using live bait but there's definitely a trend to plastics why should anglers use plastics when ice fishing for crappies for me there's a lot of different reasons um the the first reason the main reason i i use plastics is i don't have to buy live bait i haven't bought live bait in probably five years for crappies i just have not found a reason to when there's so many good plastics on the market another reason plastics don't die i never have to worry about how am i storing my plastics i leave them in the bag or put them in a small container I'm not worried about, you know, putting an aerator in there or checking a bait box to make sure I don't have a bunch of dead grubs or something like that. It just makes life a heck of a lot easier. Most people are pretty familiar with how to put on a spike or a minnow. How do you rig plastics? I know there's a bunch of different ways, but what's your favorite method? Specifically for ice fishing, um, the large majority of the time I'm fishing it horizontally. So I thread the plastic on there so it kind of fits nice and snug up against the top of the jig. And then I want to make sure that that bait sits completely horizontal. Um, there's a few different ways you can accomplish that. Um, you can do it by the way you tie your knot. So you could tie like a snell knot or you could tie a loop knot and that would force that jig to, to always stay horizontal. Or you could just tie a simple clinch knot and then basically rotate the knot on top of the, the eye and it forces it to sit horizontal. Is there a wrong way to rig plastics? There can be. Personally, I've noticed that if you're not fishing plastics as they're designed, you're not going to have as much luck. If you just throw them on a hook and you're not fishing it, if it's a horizontal plastic and you're not fishing it horizontal, it's not going to not going to be used to its best ability. Other ways I've fished plastics in the ice, I will use smaller plastics and tip spoons with them, basically just replacing what I would typically use a waxy or a spike on um, and then sometimes they do what's called vertizontal and so instead of using a horizontal jig I'd use a, a vertical jig and I would thread the plastic on so it sits and actually fishes horizontally it's a little hard to describe um, but it does work well in certain situations what are your favorite colors when it comes to plastics for ice fishing for the large majority of water, I'm going to use white and red. Those are probably the top two that I use. If I'm fishing really stained water, chartreuse is my favorite. Clear water, I will use, you know, some browns or green pumpkins, but I would say 75% of the time I'm using white or red. When you're using plastics, how do you pair up the colors with your jig? Do you use the same color or are you using opposing colors? I typically try to contrast. You know, if I'm using a, 
a red plastic. I might use a white, a white jig or something, just something to provide a little contrast. I mean, there's obviously times where I will, if I'm in a hurry, I'm not, I might have a white jig on there and I'm going to throw white plastic on, but I usually try to do some kind of contrast. I just think it helps, helps it stand out in the background a little bit more. What's your feeling on scented plastics? Everything on the market is scented. You know, most of the plastics they use have their own unique scent and it's typically some sort of pheromone or like anise oil type thing. Um, I don't personally rely on that. Like that's, that's not a huge deal to me. I, I rely on the plastic itself and you know, what kind of action I'm going to get from that plastic. If it's a really stiff plastic, you're probably not going to see me using it. I would rather, you know, rip plastics or go through a few extra plastics if it has that much more action. So yeah, scent is just not a, not a big deal to me. Blake, there's a lot of shapes and sizes of plastics. What are you looking for when you're shopping for plastics? My personal favorite is just like a simple straight tail option. So like the two plastics I probably use the most would be a bloodworm profile. So it's kind of just like a straight tail plastic. It resembles a bloodworm. Um, and then the other one is called a Eurogrub. And it's just a just a small grub shape with like a, a straight tail on there. It just kicks off a lot of action. Um, other things I look for, I do like like little fork tail baits as well that might resemble like a minnow. And then obviously the buggy stuff. Like the, the more realistic, the better is, is kind of the way I look at it. Do you ever use live bait in conjunction with plastics? I do not personally. No, nope, I, I, there is guys out there that do it, you know, and you, you know, maybe you're using like a, like a hair jig or something too. And there's guys that will, you know, tip those with, with maggots or spikes or something. But I personally don't mess around with that at all. If I can get away with hundred percent plastics, I'm going to. If someone's considering moving away from live bait and fishing exclusively with plastics, are there any line, reel, rod considerations they should think of? When it comes to ice fishing, especially, I try to get away with the lightest stuff possible. So I'm usually using two to three pound line. I'm still a sucker for mono. I I know the trend is more towards fluorocarbon, and I do use some fluorocarbon, but the large majority of the stuff I use is is still mono. Like two to three pound mono is what's strung up on most of my stuff. Um, I prefer a noodle rod versus a spring bobber. To me, it's personal preference. You know, some guys are suckers for the spring bobber, and that's great. I just, I personally, I re- like using a, a noodle rod better. Those people that are switching from plastics to live baits, should they be doing anything different with their jigging styles and how how they're working their rods? Yes, especially if you're switching from something like a minnow, you know, something more lively to mm-hmm. plastics. You have to do the work. You know, a, a minnow might do a lot of the work for you. If you're fishing plastics, you have to convince those fish to bite. Um, you know, if you see a crappie chasing up on your markham, you're going to want to keep jigging up and forcing that fish to follow it up until it bites. Don't just stop and freeze because with most plastics, if you stop and freeze, you're not going to get much action off of them. Blake, you prefer plastics over live bait, but are there situations that you would fish live bait over plastics? If I was with a group of people and we wanted to fish tip downs or something like that, then yeah, maybe I would do that or tip ups. So I do a little bit of walleye fishing as well. I will still buy, you know, fat heads and use minnow heads for uh, tipping jigging spools and stuff like that. But when it comes to panfish, I am a hundred percent plastics. 
plastics or hair, I guess. Well, that was my next question. Do you fish exclusively with plastics for other species, or are you changing it up there? Yeah, to elaborate on kind of what what we just touched on there, I would say I will use some plastics for that, but I I still like having a, a minnow head on a jigging spoon, you know, when it comes to, to walleyes. And, you know, if you might throw a tip up out for walleyes or pike, it's nice to be able to put a, a sucker minnow or a shiner on there. Is there anything about fishing with plastics that's important that I didn't ask you? The number one thing I would tell anybody is to have confidence. Go out there and force yourself to fish with plastics. It's It can be kind of a hard thing. If you've spent your whole life fishing with live bait, it is a big change to go try to fish with plastics. I've met a lot of guys who they bought a pack of plastics, they tried it once, they didn't have any success, so they just went right back to um, using live bait. For me, I just stopped bringing live bait altogether, and that's what forced me to be a better fisherman with plastics. It's, it's all about having confidence. If you think you're not gonna catch anything with plastics, you're probably not gonna catch anything with plastics. So just having that confidence, not bringing, you know, that thing you're comfortable with, whether it's, it's waxies or spikes or something, just leave those at home. Just take the plastics with you, and it can really make a huge difference. Do you see a difference in the fish you catch with plastics when it comes to size? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, you know, with plastics or live bait, I think you're going you're gonna to catch very similar fish. If I'm targeting bigger fish, I might use other, you know, non-live bait methods. Like I might use like little rattle baits and stuff like that. Like things that you typically expect for walleyes, I would use to, to target the bigger crappies. But if I'm just going out on a lake trying to catch a bunch of fish, I would, yeah, I don't think it would make much of a difference with plastics or live bait. Blake, thanks for your insights today. If you want to find out more about Blake Tollefson, you can find him on Instagram at B. Tollefson Fishing, that's Tollefson, T-O-L-L-E-F-S-O-N Fishing, or you can find him on the Eurotackle blog at eurotackle.net slash blog, and that's euro, E-U-R-O, tackle.net slash blog. Thanks so much, Blake. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you listening to today's show. It's mid-November and the temperatures are unseasonably cold. We're already seeing folks out on the ice in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I've seen reports of 10-inch ice on Lake Manitoba. People have been on the ice for over a week in the Dakotas. It's happening, folks. It's ice season. If you own a hard-sided ice fishing shack, you're definitely chomping at the bit to get it out there. And I want to tell you about the first annual Shack Slam. This is an online fishing derby with a $5,000 guaranteed prize pool exclusively for hardhouse anglers. It doesn't matter if you're fishing out of a luxurious wheelhouse or a homemade shanty. If it has hard sides and a hard roof, you're eligible. Simply download the Fish Donkey app from iTunes or Google Play and search for the words Shack Slam. That's two words, Shack and Slam. All the details are there. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.